And now, live from Level 5 Productions on the island of Milleronia, it's The Larry Miller Show! Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, and everyone who still wants a big car with a fancy name. Hi, folks, and welcome back to The Larry Miller Show. I'm Larry Miller, but in a way, aren't we all? And boy, oh boy, I I would love a big car with a fancy name, and uh, I'll tell you why later. But uh, it's, it's a happy day here. It's great to be back on Milleronia. I love it here, and... Well, the colonel loves it too. Colonel Jeff is happy to come back. And, oh, there's so many things going on here. And uh, one one of the reasons is, frankly, the mainland is still too hot. It's just, it's too, too hot. And uh, I, here on Milleronia, have insisted that we have perfect weather from 67 to 72 all the time. And I don't see why everyone shouldn't insist on that. By the way, we had a director of uh, of temperature here, uh, the heading the committee, and a few years ago he let the weather go up to seventy three, and uh, that was just once and just one day, but it was too much for me. And uh, oh boy, I sent the folks down to get him, and I was with him, and I said, "Are you mad?" 73 and he said but i but i but i but we took him right to volcano number one and that was that and one thing i'm pretty sure is that the temperature for him going down there was far hotter than 73 in any case uh it's nice to have good weather though and it's nice to feel happy with music like that the the Jack Elam Orchestra and the Claudia Cardinale dancers featuring boy tenor Brad Simpson asking the musical question, why are there no more variety shows on TV? And if we had them today, would it still be sound advice to never follow an animal act? Well, first of all, Brad, yes, it would. Good question. And I mean, just yes. Who wants to follow an animal act, not just on TV? Come on, folks. If you're walking down the block in a city and there's an animal walker just ahead of you with six guys on six leashes, stop right there. Just stop. You know, cross the street and continue on your way. Why? Why? You know why. I don't even have to say it, do I? It's the same in show business. If you're on a variety show on TV and the act before you is an elephant balancing a beach ball, what would you do? It doesn't matter if the elephant has a terrific show and gets a standing ovation. Good for him. What matters is that you have to walk out there watching your step. If you had any brains, you'd leave show business immediately. So, good question, Brad. If uh, we still had variety shows on TV, and I would like to see those. I liked variety shows. Who didn't like variety shows? Whether it's, well, Ed Sullivan, Red Skelton, good Lord. So many, Andy Williams. Oh, there are so many. And uh, how many times did a comedian hear backstage, uh, I have a singer than you. 
You know what? Love to see one of those again. And uh, by the way, I have some fine things to say about Jack Elam and Claudia Cardinal, but that would have to wait to later. And by Amazon. That's right, Amazon. Still one of my favorite companies in the world. You can get everything in the world you want, whatever you can think of, whatever you can imagine. They have it in a giant warehouse. They have it right there. And you can get anything you want except, of course, an actual Amazon. If the doorbell ever rings and you open it and you see, well, a gorgeous six-foot-four woman with plenty of muscles and a, well, a whole Amazon beach warrior outfit, well, number one, call us. Because, as you know, Colonel Jeff and I will be there, but fast. And we'll make sure she gets settled in, and you won't have to worry about anything else. And we'll give you, we'll bring a six-pack of beer for you and hand it to you and smile. And a little pill that we'll insist you take immediately, which will, well, relax you. And we'll take uh, the Amazon off to start showing her America and uh, us. And that's the way it should be. But Amazon is great. You know what? You can call them any way you want. You can get through any way you, you, you need. If you have a, a laptop, a phone, an iPhone, whatever you have, that's fine. But don't do that. Don't bother with that. Come to us and we'll get you there. Go to our website, LarryMillerPodcast.com. Who's on the mountain? Tom Mix. <laughs> that was great. I don't even know what that was, but it was wonderful. And I, that with those chimes going off like that, I started waving like I was in a royal car. And, uh, of course, then the it has to end with a, a happy horn like that, don't you think? Ha! Huh? But in any case, go to our website, and uh, we have a banner that says Amazon. Click our banner, and we'll take you there. Click our banner, and then go take a nap on your big lazy boy chair and put a magazine over your face and just relax. We'll let you know when we get you there. And that brings me to my favorite part of the show, the joke of the week. (laughs) I love the things Colonel Jeff puts on there on everything, every department we have. Oh, I'm so sorry. Did I step on that guitar again here in the studio? Darn the luck. Uh, This joke was sent in by a fan of the show, Tabby Stone. And uh, we like it, Tabby, so thank you for sending it. There are three older fellas sitting on a park bench in the middle of the city. On a nice afternoon, and the first one says, uh, I'll tell you what, 60 is the worst age to be. I can't pee. I go sometimes pull over in the car, walk into a, a, you know, a restaurant or a bar or something. And I stand there like an idiot for 10 minutes, 20 minutes. I can't pee. And uh, the second one says, that's nothing. 70 is the worst age to be. Okay. Because I, uh, I can't move my bowels. I, same thing, I'll pull over, go anywhere in my house, someone else's house, my daughter's house, it doesn't matter. And you all sit there with a crossword puzzle for a half hour, nothing. 
And the third one is shaking his head and says, you guys know nothing. You know what? 80 is the worst age to be. And they said, well, what do you mean? You, you can't pee either? He said, no, 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 no. I have uh, no trouble peeing. Every morning, 6 o'clock, I pee. Well, to be honest, I pee, and it's, it's just beautiful. And you know, I feel like a racehorse on a flat rock. I I I, I have nothing to worry about there. And, the, and then the, the other fellow say, and what, you, have, you can't move your bowels? No, I'm at 6.30. I move my bowels and everything in there. They say, so what's your problem? I don't wake up till seven. <laughs> Thank you, Tabby. That's a good one. And uh, remember, folks, as always, boy, you know, if you like that, like the joke, keep it alive. Tell your friends at work, your family, your, your old chums, anything at all. But there's a... Uh, Nothing better than keeping a good joke alive. And that brings sorry, and that brings me to my second favorite part of the show. The poetry corner. Yeah, maybe that's what makes that fella cough. He's been, well, he's been sitting there for a half hour himself and nothing's going on and he tries coughing. And uh, he should do what the 80-year-old does. In any case, this is a wonderful poem by the great Rudyard Kipling and it's called The Outlaws. Through learned and laborious years they set themselves to find fresh terrors and undreamed of fears to heap upon mankind all that they drew from heaven above or digged from earth beneath they laid into their treasure trove and arsenals of death while for well-weighed advantage sake ruler and ruled alike built up the faith they meant to break when the fit hour should strike. They traded with the careless earth, and good return it gave. They plotted by their neighbor's hearth the means to make him slave. When all was ready to their hand, they loosed their hidden sword and utterly laid waste a land. Their oath was pledged to guard. Coldly they went about to raise to life and make more dread abominations of old days that men believed were dead. They paid the price to reach their goal across a world in flame, but their own hate slew their own soul before that victory came. Boy, isn't that nice? Again, that folks like Kipling... Know what words are and know what to do with them. And that brings me to my third favorite part of the show. M.M.M. The Magic Movie Moment. This is a terrific movie. I've seen it many times and I'd like to see it again. It's been years now. Once Upon a Time in the West from 1968, directed by Sergio Leone, starring Henry Fonda, 
Charles Bronson, Claudia Cardinal, Jason Robards, Jack Elam. And that's one of the reasons I mentioned them. And it's a terrific movie. And, uh, oh, from that, that whole section of Leone's life where he's making those movies, Once Upon the Time in America and Once Upon a Time in the West, and a third one called Duck, You Suckers. And to be honest, it's a terrific movie, but I can't deal with that name. I, whether I was a kid or later in life, I just, duck, what? Can't be, can't be something better than that? But in any case, Once Upon a Time in the West is wonderful. And my magic movie moment today is about the big shootout between Henry Fonda and Charles Bronson. And boy, Fonda was the first huge bad guy part he ever played. And, I mean, he was bad. He was mean and vicious. He first turned down the offer when Leone made it. And uh, Leone flew to New York to meet with him and say, why why not do this? It's be wonderful. Here's the script and do this. And one of Fonda's good friends was Eli Wallach. Oh, what a great actor. Eli Wallach. And Fonda called him, and Wallach said, do it. Just do it. It'll be the best time you ever had. And Fonda said yes. And just before the movie started filming, two weeks before, he went to where they were shooting, and he had put in contact lenses that were brown and had facial hair, had grown out a beard and to look meaner. And Leone immediately said, stop, don't do that. Take the contact lenses out immediately and go shave. This part is perfect for you with those big blue Henry Fonda eyes. And no director was ever smarter than that. There are moments, all moments in this movie, when Fonda is introduced as the character. Oh, my gosh. And he turns with those. Every time he does something bad, and he does a lot of things very bad, he's a really seriously evil guy. And he's got those big blue eyes, and he smiles, and you really shake in your boots. Good call by Sergio Leone. And in this shootout, because Fonda, the whole movie, keeps saying to Bronson, where do I know you from? What's wrong with you? And Bronson always has a harmonica he plays, and uh, he's got it tied around his neck, and it's a kind of uh, modern, almost jazzy music. And it really feels, whoa, what is that? And Bronson says, I'll never tell, except on the point of death. And all right, that makes some kind of sense to Fonda. And comes their shootout. And this is really well shot with terrific music by Ennio Morricone. And you know his music in many movies. And they're circling each other in the bright sunlight. And I remember Fonda looking up at the sun just to make sure it's not in his eyes. And they keep going around and around. And then they stop there and suddenly, bang, they, they, those shots ring out. And Bronson gets him. He shoots Henry Fonda, who falls to the ground on his knees and then falls back. He's not dead. And he goes over. Bronson walks over to him. 
and and Hephaestus, now, who are you? Who are you? And there's a flashback in Bronson's mind, and he's a boy. He's a little boy, six or seven years old, and it's just him standing there shaking, and we see there are shoes on his shoulders, and now it's revealed it's a very hot day in the middle of bad country, and standing on his shoulders is his older brother who's being hanged. He's not hanged yet. The noose is around his neck, and it's pulled tight, and his hands are tied behind his back, and he's on the gallows, and the only thing saving him is his younger brother's strength to hold him up so he doesn't hang. And once again, the music is very dramatic. How could this happen? Who did this? And then it's revealed. We see more of the action around there. And the bad guy is Henry Fonda. And, oh, does he look evil. He's happy. He's smiling in those big blue eyes. And two of his men are sitting off on their horses, and they're just they're smiling. They're just enjoying this horrible torment. And Fonda, oh, the young Bronson boy, the, the character, the actor playing him, is struggling to try and hold his brother up and save his brother's life. And now Henry Fonda walks over to him and takes out a harmonica and, with a little grin, puts it in Bronson's mouth and shoves it in there. And Bronson is trying to, the little boy is trying to breathe through it and uh, uh, makes sounds with the harmonica. And then he finally can't do it and he collapses on the dusty ground and his brother hangs. And now we go back to the end of that shootout and Bronson looks down at the dying Henry Fonda and pulls the harmonica that was around his neck the whole movie and just pulls it off and takes that harmonica and he shoves it in Fonda's mouth now. And folks, is oh, it's so well shot. The music is great, but the acting is so good. There's a moment there where just for three, four seconds, Fonda gets it. He now knows who Bronson was, and now he's dying with the harmonica in his mouth. And folks, I'll tell you what, it's a terrific movie, but that's a great magic movie moment that's been repeated in, in uh, often in many movies since, by the way. They took that eyes, uh, you know, uh, the Quick and the Dead is one that Colonel Jeff and I were just talking about, which is a very good movie with Gene Hackman and Sharon Stone and Russell Crowe and a terrific cast of characters, too, other, other folks. And they do the same device in that. Where does he know her from? The same sort of thing. She was a little girl and he did the same thing to her with her father. And at any rate, though, 
This movie is terrific, folks. Once Upon a Time in the West, from 1968, directed by Sergio Leone, starring Henry Fonda, Charles Bronson, Claudia Cardinale, Jason Robards, and the great Jack Elam. You know what? See it sometimes. If you haven't seen it, see it. You'll be glad you did. And it makes me, frankly, well, a lot of things make me happy, like being back on Milleronia, which I mentioned already. I love. So does the Colonel. And I already said to you that the the weather was just too hot on the mainland, and the weather here on Milleronia is always perfect because, well, I order it that way. And uh, I told you about the one fellow who let it go up to 73, above 72, and met his fate in Volcano Number 1. And by the way, for the record, that has never happened since. So the uh, the temperature is just as it should be. And by the way, I, uh, I offered my services in this to the government of the county of Los Angeles to control their weather. And so far they've said, no, thank you. But I just smile and wait. Good advice for all of you out there, by the way. Smile and wait. But everything is, is beautiful here on Meloronia. It really is. I love it. I'm so glad. Well, I built it, and it's mine. I mean, the beer is cold. The franks are hot. The chips are great. The pickles are crisp. And all the young couples dance beautifully, which is good, because there's a volcano waiting for them, too. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. But uh, we just, we just had a new family move in next door, here on Milleronia, and that's great. Yeah, well, who doesn't like a new bunch of folks? They seem like a good group. Uh, mom and dad and three kids: uh, Bobby, Carol Ann, and Rusty. And I think we're all going to get along just fine. Although the other night, frankly, we invited them all over, and I had the Grateful Dead playing. American Beauty, one of my favorites, by the way. And uh, this new neighbor, the husband, made a crack about them not bathing enough for his taste. Well, there was a three-second silence while I glared at him. And uh, the wife, Debbie, and good for her, she kept her head and said, Oh, honey, listen, uh, friend of the devil, you, you love this one. Ha, 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 ha. Ron loves them, Larry. He really does. He's a deadhead. He surely is. And her voice was shaking and tears were filling her eyes. But I just kept glaring to teach this potato head a lesson. And uh, he came by yesterday, by the way, humming Uncle John's band to try to make things better. But I stopped raking and just glared again to scare him off. Might have to take him downstairs to our interrogation room for a session. But everything is dandy here, too. And uh, by the way, I don't think I've ever mentioned this, but here in Milleronia, gas is 30 cents a gallon. That's something else. Well, that's, you know, part of what I do. That Yep. And uh, and we never have any of that and nine-tenths of a penny on the sign. I don't like that. I think that's stupid. I, any, anybody still getting fooled by that? When was the last time... And nine-tenths of a penny meant something. 1920? Hey, honey, look, that station says five cents a gallon, but the one across the street is four cents and nine-tenths of a penny. Oh, we're eating steak tonight. 
And what's what's wrong with us in cars, folks? I, I swear I don't understand. That's why I mentioned in the beginning, I still like big cars with cool names. Cougar, Mustang, Charger, Prius. I don't know what's... By the way, I don't... That's, I, what is Prius? I don't even know what Prius means. It's just, oh, come on, you know, that... I looked it up, by the way. It's Latin for... Okay. You know, if we have to. All right. All right. But, you know, let's always remember something. No guy ever got his first kiss in the back seat of a Kia. And you can't hide a body in the trunk of a smart car. Well, that's the two things Americans love best anyway, making out and whacking a guy. So... Why Why do gas companies raise the price in the summer and call it the summer blend? That's an, I never understand. And then raise it again in winter and call it the winter blend. And that's why on Milleronia there are no blends. There's no blend of anything. There's just Milleronia products. And yes, they have my picture on them. And why not? I make them. But you know what? Don't look for blends. Look for something that's just good. That's going to be my motto, things that are just good. You know that, and I know it, because we know the same things. Homer is Homer, and Pluto is a planet. So remember, folks, as always, if you walked out of bed today and had a job to go to and a home to come back to and someone there who cares about you, folks, the game's over and you've won. And that's still the truest thing I know. I don't care what my car is or what the blend is. Take care, and we'll see you here next time.